And we're live. Hey. Yo. How y'all doing? Good. Been pretty good. You're back. You're home. Yeah. Hey, <coughs> how was Magfest? It was miserable. <laughs> oh, man. That sucks. I had a, I had a shit time. Oh, no. <laughs> well, actually, before you get into it, was it miserable because of something? Oh, no, the con the itself was great. Because the actual of con something was you did. fantastic, but I did not get to experience most of the convention. So mm. was this a self-inflicted miserable time? Not necessarily. OK, more so peer pressured into. <laughs> Whoa. So I, I was very GP. upfront and have been very upfront for a while that I did not want my first convention back to be a work con which is doing throne controllers yeah. and <clears throat> i basically got uh outvoted pp'd into say. doing it what pp'd into doing it yeah yeah no i just got uh peer pressured into it yeah so decided to that run sucks. it and i basically could not work on it for like the two weeks before we left so i only could work on it at the convention which meant I missed the entirety, basically, of Friday and Saturday. Or, sorry, Thursday and Friday. Uh, and then I, lo- yes. I only got five hours of sleep before the show. And then had a panic attack on stage during oh, the show. Oh, God. That's the uh, worst. Because oh, I literally was, as I was setting up, I literally could not remember how to do the setup. Uh, my mind just blanked and I started freaking out. I actually had to go mm-hmm. hide behind the stage and, like, sit in the dark for a bit. <clears throat> and a friend had to come over and talk to me for a bit. Yo, this sucks. Yeah, no, it fucking sucked. So the show went all right for the most part. We had a we had a glitch we could not have foreseen. It wasn't a tech. It wasn't an issue on our side. It was just a oh, this is just bad luck kind of setup that we had to keep dealing with. But we fixed it halfway through the show. Cool. Um, and then like there's just little things here and there because we use it. This is, was using a new version of Throne Controllers, which is going to make setup faster in the future. But this was the first show, so it took the longest. Right. Um, we did a meet and greet after with people, which went great. And then uh, I went into my room and fell asleep for a half hour. Woke up, said, hey, I messaged a friend like, hey, let's go get food. And then passed right back out. Uh, <laughs> went downstairs. Me and my friend ordered food. And then I felt, I don't know, like a mental disconnect. Like, like, like I don't know what I was doing and what I was thinking weren't quite the same. Apparently, I freaked mm-hmm. out Reese and a bunch of other people that I saw because I just didn't seem like I was fully there. And because yes. I, I barely remember conversations with them. Reese was like, yeah, you said this and it really bummed me out. I'm like, I don't remember this. Uh, you came we down and you said, I hate all video games. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I probably would say that even if I was perfectly. Like, yeah, there. true. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh yeah i went down we got food uh chilled out with a friend there uh for a while didn't hit the convention till like 8 p.m saturday i don't and i don't want to like swerve but was there anything good about the weekend uh i did get to see people i hadn't seen in person before um mm-hmm. picked up a couple things at the at the vendor hall panels hopefully we not on. uh con crud mm, not yet I have been okay. tired since we got back, but not like my usual sick tired. So, just just normal tired. Yeah, just normal tired. Okay, all right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So it, the con is at least a twenty four hour con. So I stayed down there till like one a.m. But then I was just so overexerted, I had to like go sleep. And I got back to the con at like noon, twelve thirty, and it closed at two. So I basically got 
to enjoy like seven hours of this four day convention. You mentioned the the uh-huh. merch. Did you pick up anything cool that you can talk about? <clears throat> um, picked up a couple box games I didn't have already boxed. So this the was Dragon's this, Lair. Yeah, this was one I've actually been looking for for a while in good condition. This is Bionic Commando for the NES. This is one of my favorite NES nice. games. So getting that I, one boxed was really nice. There was something a, a few weeks ago. There was a question wrote in, and I can't remember what the question was, but I was trying to remember what game it was, and Dragon's Lair was the game. Ah, okay. Oh. <laughs> So if anyone happens to be listening to like three or four episodes back to back, they know what I'm talking about. But yeah, no, I, um, I wasn't ready to go back to conventions that, that showed me like mm. that, that I feel, I actually kind of feel fucked up and worse after having gone to that con. So like, Oh God, I haven't talked about this with, uh, with viewers yet, but like we were going to do PAX East. I'm not going. Oh, I'm can't, I'm canceling yeah. going to PAX East and uh, everyone else is going to my flight. Yeah. Everyone else told me they're going, uh, Reese is going, Tim's going, <clears throat> Emil's going. Yeah, I'm not. There's no throne controllers. I'm staying home. Cause that, that Fair. freaked me the fuck out. I, I, sure. I, yeah, I'm going to be dealing with that for a while. <clears throat> it's different, especially like first convention back. I'm sure that was. Yeah, you know, you're not used to all that. It's, First you know, convention it's a, back after three years, uh, people coming up to me, just all the stress of getting the damn show ready. And yeah. just like, yeah, you did you know. something in L.A. though. Paul and I were talking about this last week. I couldn't remember what it was called. It was Indie Land. Indie Land. Yeah, I did that in November. Is that yeah. is is that considered a convention? No, no. that was literally just okay. a charity marathon stream that had like. 50 people in the audience basically oh, okay because i knew it had some kind of audience but i wasn't sure the scale of it okay no no magfest had like eighteen thousand, nineteen thousand people right okay yeah. and yeah. and pax east is gonna have like probably like 40 50 so uh yeah I, i'm not if i couldn't handle mag i'm not ready for east the this stress will be of my getting first the thing together though like mm-hmm. that has to have played a huge part in a lot of it too what the whole getting together the show thing, I'm yeah. sure played. No, that's I mean that was that was the big too. thing and just Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I knew. The problem was uh, the people I told, hey, I don't want to do this my first show back, <clears throat> it's because I knew what was gonna happen. And right. yeah. And now they're all they're all like, Oh shit, yeah, you were right. We probably should have not done that. I'm just like, Cause ev- even when like things weren't covid and you were in the usual schedule that thing got stressful every now and then for you because it's a lot yeah. to do yeah <laughs> so i got used to it though but then i took a three-year yeah. break so like it, the best way to put it is three years of like stress kind of all came back at once and it just overwhelmed yeah me. Sure. sure yeah it's definitely something you should, like you got to ease your way into what yeah. you should do you know you tell everyone you're not you said you're not going to pax east and now yep. You know, everyone, everyone who's listening, you know, turn, turn your mics off for a second. Just, it's just John and I talking now. <laughs> okay. All right. All right you, Sean. Then you, you actually do go and you like okay. wear a disguise and you just oh, do yeah. whatever you want. See that's, no see that, here's the thing. You, I know you're joking, but I'd actually no. would love to do that. No, you should actually, I do, actually that. Want you should, to do that. You should actually do that. And you and I will hang out and we'll go do stuff in Boston <clears> as well. Cause I've never been to Boston. And Boston's saying, great. You're going to, you're going to have a great time, but yeah, no, nope. I, I can't even ignoring, like, say I got over this and stuff like that. Uh, a, we didn't put in for the panel, so we have the buyer passes. And B, right. uh, uh, <clears throat> we actually can't have anyone. We have no one to babysit the cat. No uh, one is to watch the yeah, cat. All right. So, all right, everyone so can come back in. Who's listening to the yeah. podcast? Come back in the room. There you go. We're, just, yeah, everyone's glad to hear this. <laughs> Turn off now. the spoiler alert light on. Yep, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> yeah. Sorry to anyone that's going to disappoint, but like, yeah, I just can't. Hey, there's always another convention on the horizon. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like you're retiring or anything like that. So no, no, but yeah, I just, I, mean, I need to, I need to build myself back up. <clears throat> and Paul, how was your weekend? It's been fantastic. I took this week off, so I have had absolutely no stress whatsoever. I've had the exact <laughs> opposite week. I am jealous <laughs> to the max. So, yeah. That's great. Nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to my upcoming weekend. I'm going down to San Diego and because uh, it's down, down here. It's a long weekend. Um, so we're going to San Diego and then we're going to take a we're going to hop the border because it's right right beside Mexico and I'm going to go to Mexico for the first time for like a a short day trip. Tijuana. uh, Yeah. Just to see what's going on. Excited to eat a whole bunch of tacos. Um, Sure. I'm excited to go to the, uh, the Comic-Con museum. uh, Sure. Mm -hmm. See what that's about here. That's a cool museum. So that'll be my upcoming weekend. So I'm excited for that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Let's do the full main show now. Top down perspective for January 12th, 2023. I'm not going to do that every week. Uh, I'm Sean. <laughs> I'm Paul Fleck. John Wheeler. And Paul, you got a big list. What you been playing? Uh, I finished off Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 2022 edition. Um, that reboot, sure. remake, whatever you want to call it. Uh that thing is okay overall. It had some cool missions. One in particular that plays more like a strategy game where you're on a CCTV cam and you're like instructing one of your other operatives on like when to move and who to kill when. And that was kind of neat. Um, overall, though, like it's another one of those. That ending got me a little bit excited to see what they do coming up with the next one because they introduce the like villain from the previous time they did this series or whatever so that should be interesting the no russian dude is probably the best way to uh describe it to everybody because that's more memorable than makarov which is his name um yeah the uh well hey maybe the next one will be just in game pass yeah it could be who knows you know yeah i know it's not modern warfare 2 specific it's more um oh crap what's the battle royale called uh, uh war, war zone war war zone i've been hearing a lot about this dmz mode yeah the demilitarized zone where have you been, are that's tar, uh tarkov essentially yeah have you tried any of that out like i'm hearing that's getting no. a lot of attention these days no i i just jumped into the campaign to play that i've been playing some of the death match here and there but like i haven't been doing a lot of the multiplayer stuff i just wanted to get through that campaign and kind of see where they went with it and it's pretty good it's fun. Um, you can definitely tell that they don't care about the single player content because it was the buggiest mess that like that game is not buggy generally. Like I can play Warzone and it'll have issues and stuff. But the single player, I had to restart multiple times because the lighting would break or like there was just weird glitches and that thing. That's just they obviously just don't give a shit about that because the thing that makes some money is the multiplayer stuff which is fair enough but it also sucks for people like me that actually want to play that part especially since this is the series that never goes on sale so it's always going to be like an 80 90 dollar game or whatever but uh whatever hey you know if you just just go play titanfall 2's campaign again 
Just again and again. Yeah. Every yeah. Time. Just every time you get the 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 itch to play any kind of shooter campaign, just play through play Titanfall, Titanfall two, <laughs> and have a great you know evening. Just treat I wonder, yourself. I wonder if going back to that game if it would hold up. I should do that at some point. Oh, I, I'm I'm up. sure it will. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the next game I played is one that I wanted to try last year, but kind of fell through the cracks. It's called Salamander County Public Television. This is literally just a collection of uh, mini games with some weird bullshit story happening in between. That's kind of funny and absurd. I, I love this name. It's pretty good. Yeah. The um, the basic premise is that you are a new guy or an intern working at Salamander County Public Television. Your ratings are going down. Jeez. And when you are trying to find out what's going on, you find out about some weird alien conspiracy that's happening. But yeah, the way that it's presented is that every day you're filming a new show for the television uh, network. And every, well, those shows are all just some weird uh, WarioWare-esque minigame. But they're not WarioWare-esque in that they're quick because they can be kind of long. You And they have different objectives to get like gold, silver, or bronze. And it's fun. It's a fun little... I think the speed run of it's 20 minutes. They did actually, I watched it uh, on GDQ, which is happening right now. And uh, it's very quick if you know what you're doing. But if you're just taking your time through it, it's about two to three hours. So it's still pretty short. Uh, I jumped into Dwarf Fortress again. And that game is completely different when you can see what things are. And it's not just ASCII <coughs> art. Like it's pretty incredible that I can look at the map and just be like, Oh, I have this much wood just by like glancing and not having to mouse over things or do weird cursor things. So that thing is super, super cool. And, uh, and it's got still, like a whole introductory now. And that was kind of one of the big, it has a huge right? tutorial on, yeah. um, how to get started. But even then it doesn't tell you enough to like keep you going. So you still have to kind of dig a little bit, which is fine. Cause that's what all these games are. Um, I have yet to have a real good successful start where the dwarves are happy, they're eating regularly, they're farming decent. I, the farming might as well be like casting magic at this point in real life because I don't understand how the fuck they're supposed to farm in that thing. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. I I need to do more work in there. <laughs> but Dwarf Fortress is dope. That thing is cool. Dwarf Fortress is super interesting, and I just kind of want to direct everyone's <clears throat> attention to this PC Gamer article from 2016 um, called The Most Ridiculous Patch Notes from 10 Years of Dwarf Fortress. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them, but right. just to give you a couple highlights. Made them care about clothes more. Yeah. So, like, for people who don't know, I guess the big thing about Dwarf Fortress is that all of your dwarves kind of have their own AI you don't control any of them. What you do is you say like what needs to be done and like what priority they are. And if the dwarves aren't being shitty, they will do it, but they'll do it their own way. You don't like directly control them and say, you need to mine. Now you make one of them a miner and then say this like area needs to be mined or whatever. And then they'll just do it based on if they want to sometimes or like can or whatever. Stopped soldiers from going to parties. Okay. Fixed a problem with blood hanging in the air. I mean, Clean, that, yeah. Cleaned up the bear situation. Okay. What? I would like. I would like to know. It, it is. A, is. It was a pretty big situation. Clearly, Stopped I would like to know aerial births. 
Rain kills everything it lands on. <laughs> That's a big problem. That is a big one. <laughs> Dwarves play tug of war with caged animals marked for slaughter. That's Serpent weird. men can kick. Okay, I'm not going to read all these, but it just keeps going. Yeah. Um, that, and it's a great article. It's one of those games for like. Yeah, even when you started off, one of the intro things when you create a world is like, how much history do you want your world to have? And you're like, I don't know, 50 years, 100 years, 10,000 years, whatever. And what it'll do is it'll actually generate things that have happened in that world in text, like as lore, essentially. So if you do 10,000 years, you'll just be waiting for like 10 minutes while all this text starts filling up the screen of like princess whatever slays whatever person at this party or dragon attacks that like it'll just make up this weird lore for the land you're in. Right. So, so you as the player can kind of get in the correct headspace. Yeah. As you as you begin to live in this society. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's this weird like old style text RPG type thing with modern colony management stuff that and like some basic farming sim stuff as well it's weird that thing is super weird and like definitely one of those this is a notable thing that everybody should probably try at least once but it is a little expensive so i definitely wouldn't blame people for not buying insight unseen i think i mentioned this when it first came to steam but there was that thread on the uh steam forums of someone saying like why you know why is everyone giving this like such great reviews having only played like two minutes of it were you guys just like waiting years to give these people 30 dollars and it was like 60 plus pages of people just responding yes yeah yeah uh, which it is deserves just it. whole incredibly wholesome yep um those people like never have to work again this thing has done so well for them yeah, I remember reading some story about like the developers, like parents or family member, or maybe one of the, like them or something was having some medical issues and they weren't able to afford something. Like then they put the game stuff. out and now they put the game out. It's like, oh, yeah, they're like millionaires. Now. Yeah, oh, I, I think like the reason they had to do this was like, yeah, we needed health insurance. We, we need the just, insurance like, keep doing yeah. this. Um, and yeah, now they're now they're millionaires. So good for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that thing's insane. Uh, another game that kind of fell through the cracks because it came out during Game of the Year stuff and uh, that I wanted to try was Chained Echoes. This is... I've also been hearing a lot about this. Chrono this Trigger, is right? New RPG, uh, done a lot like <coughs> SNES-era RPGs, turn-based. The thing that is super cool about it, though, is that I think the combat system is phenomenal. I really like what they're doing. They have kind of an overdrive meter and what this means is that when you're in this sweet spot of like overdrive by doing just whatever doing attacks or healing party members taking damage you move on the this meter to a certain spot and when you're in the sweet spot you start doing more damage you take less damage and you want to kind of stay in there the trick is though is that if you don't do certain things to like reduce the amount of overdrive you will go into like the red zone. And when you go into that zone, uh, you can be, you get take like double damage or way more damage from enemies. And like, it's really bad. You like overheat. And so there's this kind of cool play of doing different things with your party to make sure that you kind of stay within this 
like this main area this of overdrive so that you never go into overheat and you're never like fully out of it so that you're doing less damage and it forces you to kind of use the different characters abilities more than you maybe would because a lot of problems i've had in rpgs before is why would i ever use something that isn't this ability or whatever because this ability will like always just win and this is kind of a cool way to to um, make you do some other things also the abilities that the different characters have are cool uh, the fact that it, you basically have eight party members at any time um, is pretty cool. Now, I will say it's an RPG, so it took about three hours to get past the like intro stuff. Sure. And it, yeah. the game is like just starting now. But uh, the way they build it up is pretty cool. They have a lot of different little side stories that came together until the one big story that you're into. And that's kind of how they introduce all the different characters or a bunch of the different characters, rather. I know there's more that I haven't met yet. Uh, it's just beautiful looking. It's a great throwback game. It's absolutely fantastic. I know that's on uh, Game Pass, and it's, it's on made Game by Pass. one dude. It's on Game Pass. It's made by one dude. I definitely think if I had a Steam Deck, I would buy it on Steam still, because this seems like it would be great on that thing. Or you just get a Steam Deck, and then you play it in the cloud. Done. Best, best of both worlds right there. Yeah, maybe I would probably or still buy it. What I did this set. week is I mm -hmm. got Xbox Remote Play working on my Steam Deck. Uh, okay, so now I can also play it in bed, just streaming it from the Xbox. Pretty good. Yep. Uh, I have way like I have a lot to go through in that game. I was talking to somebody and they said they didn't do 100 percent, did like all the side quests that they could or whatever, and they have about 50 hours in it. Wow. So it's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um if you like chrono trigger and like that style the final fantasy three slash six um type of like gameplay and but more modernized like one of the things i really like too is that you heal and get full tp which is your mana essentially between every battle that's because so fantastic because they know that like when you are able to buy food and potions or whatever, you're just going to buy a bunch and heal between battles anyway. So like, yep. let's just like, what's the make point? it. Yeah. What's the point? Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, that thing is super cool. Chained echoes. People should check that one out. And, uh, just today I came out, it came out and, um, I played it th through just right before this podcast, vengeful guardian moon rider, the new joy masher game. Hell yeah. How was it? It's fucking awesome. It's yeah, so good. Yeah, baby. Uh, this is definitely a John game because <clears throat> it is based on Strider, Ninja Gaiden type things with a little bit of Mega Man in there. Yeah, it's basically uh, Hagane if you've ever played that. Uh, yeah, it's that's exactly right. Uh, the big knock against it is that I think it's a $20 game or something, and this game is two hours long. <laughs> it yeah. is very short. It is 10% um, off on Switch right now at the very least. I know that. Yeah. So if it's 10% like, off on steam as well, I'm just saying if you're one of those people that are just like, I need a little bit more game for $20. I get it. That's probably not something you should like wait for a sale on. I thought two hours is fine for this because of what it is. And I could go back and try to get S ranks on every stage or whatever, which is kind of the thing, the replayability in this, it doesn't have a new game plus, which is kind of a shame. It doesn't have a difficulty select. Which is That's, a little bit of a shame. Mm, I can kind of see that because, like, yeah, 
So these are the same Joy Match, the same devs that did Odalis and uh, Blazing Chrome, o- Onikan and Blazing Chrome. Yeah, and Blazing Onikan. Chrome had uh, Blazing Chrome had difficulty switching. I don't think Odalis did. One of the two didn't. So like they're fifty fifty on that. But I don't be yeah. surprised if they just patch it in later, anyways. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really need it. It's not too too hard, and uh, the checkpointing is pretty fine. The if you want to be good at it, there is a upgrade or whatever that is the glass cannon upgrade or chip or whatever you want to call it. And that'll make it so you, you die in one hit, uh, like if you want to challenge yourself. And they kind of expect you to do the different stages and try to get the S rank uh, by going through it fast, killing a bunch of enemies and not dying. Uh, so that's kind of the replayability of it. If you like Joy Masher games and like the throwbacks, uh, if like... Hagane is something that you hear and you're like, oh, okay, I know what that is. You should probably pick it up because it's made for you. But uh, if you're not already intrigued or whatever, then I would probably just wait for a sale. Or maybe if it came to Game Pass or something, because I think it is a little light on gameplay for how much they're asking for it personally. But I think it's very good. Uh, That's all I've been playing. John, you don't have anything worth bringing up? Um, didn't play anything because, you know, getting ready for MAGFest and stuff. Uh, the only thing I can bring up is while I was at MAGFest, I got to play a couple arcade games, and the big one okay. was F-Zero AX, the arcade version of F-Zero oh. GX. Wow. So they, they had a machine there that had, like, the tilt controls and everything, so, like, as you turn and go around corners, like, it swings around. It was just really fun to play, but it's GX also... the GameCube one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so it was the <clears throat> arcade version. It had like a smaller roster, but it, all the tracks were new. Uh, it just it was just fun to play. Like it's just a nice, cool, enjoyable arcade game. Uh, cool. Otherwise, yeah, like I only just played stuff in the console room, like uh, Goldeneye. I got to play a bunch of four-player Goldeneye, and I got to play uh, Wario's Woods. And they had a cool oh, nice. challenge area. Like so, Magfest does this thing every year, or at least almost every year, where they have a challenge area where if you clear these challenges, you earn points, and you can get like little swag and stuff like that there. Uh, but they had it set up that, uh, like, you scan a barcode on your pass, and then they're all, like, these weird custom challenges they made. Like, oh, uh, play through Mario, like, Tall Town Mountain of Mario 64 with a SNES controller. However, uh, the star at the top of the mountain is now even higher on top of the mountain, so you have to figure out how to get that. Uh, run through 1-1 in Mario 1, but you cannot stop at all. If you touch a wall or anything, you instantly die. Um, I'm trying to hmm. think of one of the more interesting ones. Oh yeah, uh, every fight, every Maverick in Mega Man X one on a shuffler, uh, but you have your same health bar through the all eight fights. So if you take a hit okay. in one, you have that damage in all the others. And uh, there'll be all these like you can just clear them normally, and then there's like a bonus of like in the Mega Man X case, it was like okay, beat them all with just the Buster. Don't use your your powers. It was like stuff like that. Like they're all like really cool ones you can do. They the one of the ones I did get a chance to do because I only got on this challenge station like a half hour before the con ended was uh, you're playing through four Sonic stages at the exact same time, but every time you pick up a ring, it jumps <laughs> to one of the others. Oh so, man! Oh, so okay. you're not controlling four Sonics? No, that's a th- okay. there is a different one. There's one where they have you doing uh, Rainbow Road as Mario and Luigi. So you're player one and player two controlling them at the same time, and you have to have them both finish the race. Okay. All right. But, uh, yeah, no, it's like there's cool challenges like that. There's like a bunch of like really neat stuff. So I wish I'd gotten to do more of that. But yeah, that's pretty much all I played. 
Cool. Cool. Um, I've been playing Gotham Knights over the past few weeks and just finally finished it up uh, this weekend. How long is that? I've been meaning to play it, but uh, the dude I usually play games with has had COVID and has had family like over or whatever for Christmas. And like, it's been a while. Um, you know, I really don't know how long it was. Probably okay. somewhere around, uh, I want to say maybe 10 to 15 hours. Okay. Somewhere in there. I, I Like it was so broken up. Um, it's, it's hard yeah. for me to kind of keep track. Uh, I think this game is fine. You should yeah. definitely play it co-op. It's a lot more fun. You know, I, I, I could say that about every single game, but I just sure. think this game would not be very enjoyable if you were by yourself. And mm. they kind of do the destiny thing of like, hey, we have some really cool like campaign missions, but you can only go play these campaign missions after you do a bunch of just like grinding little stuff out in the streets. Once you've done enough of those, we'll let you get to the campaign mission. And the grinding stuff is just it's boring. It is. It's like, all right, you're going to go over to this section of Gotham and you're just going to do the Batman combat and you're just going to do it over and over again. And the enemies are going to get like denser. So they're going to take longer for you to kill. So you're just going to do the Batman combat for longer or. And this was it's really annoying. They make these enemies that can like disappear for like a second and you and then you have to wait for them to reappear. Um, so they just make the fights even longer. And then they give you enemies that you have to stun them or they'll dodge every single one of your attacks. So you have to do like a charge up attack to stun them. Then you do the Batman combat and then they get unstunned. So you have to stun them again, then do the Batman. So they just make the fights longer. <laughs> oh, um, I see. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, all right, why don't you go do this for like 20 minutes and then we'll let you do like a 20 minute really cool mission where you're like taking on Mr. Freeze. Right. Oh, and now you, now that that part of Mr. Freeze's campaign is done, why don't you go do some grinding for 20 minutes and then you can take on part two of Clayface's thing. Oh, now why don't you go grind for 30 minutes and then you'll get the next part for Mr. Freeze. Um, and, you know, th- those campaign parts that, that are villain specific, they're unique stages. There's some fun mechanics and the boss fights are usually pretty interesting and they're pretty over the top. But the stuff in between is just like the most tedious that Batman could possibly get. And this is like the fifth Batman game I played, not including every other game that stole the Batman combat. So I'm like really good at hitting X a whole bunch and then hitting B to dodge and then hitting X a whole bunch and then maybe holding Y to do a stun attack and then hitting X a bunch. Um, But, you know, when you have a friend there, that's kind of fun as well. I chose Mm -hmm. to play as uh, Red Hood because I was very curious how the Batman combat translated to someone who just uses guns. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He just punches people with guns in his hands. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, every, so everyone gets a, a, a melee attack, which is Red Hood punching people while holding guns. And then they do have a a ranged attack, which like Batgirl, she throws batarangs. Red Hood just shoots people. So it was always <laughs> funny where it's like, hold on. I know this person's weakness. It's bullets. <laughs> 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 While my friend is Batgirl is like shooting and that or like punching him. I'm just shooting them with bullets and stuff. And then here's the craziest part. So. There's so they they keep bringing this like bat copter bat plane. They keep mentioning it. And it's like, oh, sweet. I'm going to get to fly around Gotham. No, you unlock fast travel parts that the bat plane will like warp you to and then drop you out of the sky. So at no point do you get to like use the bat plane. And because you're not like Batman, 
the traversal is really weird. So if you remember in, in like Arkham City and, and, the, and the previous ones, Batman would like launch himself in the air and then glide for like a while. And he had some ways to kind of boost him a little bit. So you're you were like almost flying. <clears throat> well, because they have to account for four people, each person gets kind of a different thing. For example, Batgirls is pretty similar to Batman's. She glides. Jason Todd, Red Hood, who doesn't have a cape. I bet you can't guess what how he does his tra- aerial traversal. Please tell me does it's shooting. Spin- tell me it's shooting. He spins his guns really fast or something. <laughs> no. So <laughs> since he came back from the Lazarus pit. Yeah. And to be fair, I haven't read every Red Hood comic, so I don't know if this is canonical. Oh, but no. he has magic powers. He gets oh. mystic leap, which means he frog jumps in the air while glowing green. Because you just continuously mystic leap as you slowly kind of descend because it has to kind of replicate gliding because that's what the other people do. That's so weird. Everyone also gets a it's called like a knighthood ability where they can do like a real special attack. I only know red hoods. But he has this one where he like, you know, he had, takes out his guns and he like aims at people and you need to kind of hold the, the the targeting reticle on several people until it like fills up. Okay. And I kid you not, he shoots a ghost out of at everyone. It's like a Lazarus pissed pit ghost thing. It, he just shoots that out and it bounces around and it does a bunch of damage. But the first time wow. I did it, my buddy was like, did you just shoot a ghost at them? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Batman taught me how to do it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Weird. All right. Yeah. Uh, people are asking, um, is it just two people? Can you split up? Yeah, it's not four player. It's two player co-op. There is some kind of end game or I shouldn't say end game because you do access. You can get it earlier, but it's like high level. It's kind of end game content that they added afterwards that you mm. can um, <clears throat> team up to four people. And it's it's kind of like a horde mode style, um, which sounds like the most tedious way they could have made these fights go even longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't do any of that. But for the campaign, it's two players. They can split up. I don't know if it was the Xbox version, but we found if we started getting pretty far apart, the game would crash. Oh, but we were like pretty far apart. It was kind of surprising how far we were able to go. For the most part, we were like, hey, why don't you do this objective while I go over here and, and start fighting these people for the second one and you you catch up. Um, mm-hmm. But then the, the odd couple times where we just like completely split across the map, the game would like drop to like one frame a second. And we were just waiting wow. for hoping the game would crash because we were kind of stuck. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> that sucks. But like I said, like for the most part, when you're doing like the <clears throat> taking on the actual rogues gallery, those missions are pretty fun. Um, and yeah, it was it was pretty funny that I I just got to shoot bullets at every single enemy. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Um, and then this week I've been playing a whole bunch of. Final Fantasy seven crisis core reunion. OK, I think is the full title. Did you play the original? I did. I could not okay. tell you a single thing from that. That th- that game has basically left my mind. Okay. I was going to ask like how this compares, but that's too bad. <laughs> I think what's the comparison that's running through my head is I'm comparing this to remake. 
Right. And I'm it's comparing like it that. to, and I'm comparing it. Oh, I, I'll say I, I finished God of War Ragnarok this weekend. That's a fantastic game. Yeah. Okay. I thought that game was fantastic. So I'm also comparing it to, to that because this is another character okay. action game with like, sure. base, you know, it's basically the similar combat, right? <clears throat> sure. Okay. This game looks like shit compared to those other two games. Of course it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, like, and I know that's a little unfair, but I like I just came off of God of War, which might be the nicest looking game I've ever played. And then I go to this and I'm like, oh, this is this is definitely an old game that you just put a new coat of paint on. That's sure. kind of what it's I super keep unfair, but to. I get where you're coming from. One hundred percent. And yeah. then I can't help but compare it to re- remake because they've changed the models to make them look like remakes models, right. but just worse if it was like on last gen consoles, basically. Um, sure. Even like the animations and stuff um, just seem like rigid and like sl- old to the point of like. For the most part, these characters, unless it's a close up on their face, don't blink. Yeah. Yeah. So this definitely feels like an old game that they made look nicer. And then I understand they revamped the, the combat system and it's just like remakes and that's totally fine i find it really easy i think i've died maybe once and i had a phoenix down so it just revives you um but that's also my because i'm doing every single one of the like side missions that open up and those are just kind of mind-numbingly repetitive but yeah it's also the the progression is weird because you can't see how much experience you have you don't get experience you just level up when the roulette wheel says so well, I mean, the roulette wheel will spin and then level you up when you have a level up. But yeah, right. It's just but you don't know when you're close to it. So from like a like visual identification perspective, it's just like, hey, maybe I'll level up this time because it's been, I don't know, 25 minutes. Usually mm-hmm. usually every 25 minutes or so I level up. I, I don't know. Um, So that's kind of weird. I've also noticed and I don't know if this is if this is actually happening or if you notice this, this Paul. So you do the side quests yeah. and the way that for those who don't know the way the side quests work is they just drop you into like a generic dungeon or field or building mm-hmm. and somewhere on the map it, uh, will be an enemy on the field. Otherwise, it's just random encounters mm-hmm. at specific locations, though. And right. the way all the hallways work is you can clearly tell, oh, this part of the hallway gets a little wider. They yeah. pro- there's probably an enemy <laughs> going to be there. If uh-huh. you run around the edge of every map of every hallway if you are if you hug the wall you will not trigger the enemy encounter sure but i never want to not because i want to level up this is an rpg i avoid it every time and i just run to the one enemy i'm supposed to kill and then i finish the mission okay and again i've been leveling up just fine again i'm finding it quite easy but um i'm in chapter five i think Okay. Which, yep. Whichever one get lets you do the squat challenge. I yeah, just did that. That's, okay. Yeah. Crushed that dude. He had no idea how good these quads were. Um, I'm the squat <laughs> champion of Shinra. Um, of course. So I think I'm about a third of the way done the game based on how long to beat. Yeah. Cool. You're enjoying it overall. It's fine. I think what I'm excited about is it's an RPG that's like 15, 20 hours long right yeah it's so i'm looking forward long. to kind of getting to that pretty quick since i'm already like six or seven hours into it 
<laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's all I've been playing. So before we go to news, I just want to mention, because I was supposed to do this earlier on, um, okay. some housekeeping. Okay. <laughs> TVP fans, uh, Paul and I's 2022 wrap-up episode went live on Monday. Uh, so we went through our favorite shows and movies and whatnot um, of the year. So if that sounds interesting to you, you can go check that out right now. And for our $10 patrons, you can submit a game for February's poll, which will be happening next week. Uh, that's live right now. And if people did not hear, Fe- uh, January's game is Lego City Undercover. So we'll be doing an episode about that at the end of the month. With that said, let's do some news. Uh, Nintendo or Game Freak, I guess, specifically, has come out and said that they are going to issue a patch uh, for Scarlet and Violet that is coming in late February, which seems so far away. Why would you announce this right now? <laughs> oh, because people were complaining it was going to affect their bottom line if they didn't get anything out soon. That's yeah. well, they're not getting anything out soon. This, except for this announcement, a message, yeah, a message, yeah. Um, so, I mean, they've said it's going to have bug fixes and "quote unquote" added functionality, which I hope doesn't make it run worse. Could you yes, imagine? Personally. Could you imagine if it somehow made the game run worse? Yeah, it's like, hey guys, we've added this new feature in it, and yeah, it runs like shit as well with the rest of the game. <laughs> I think I would take no new features, just bug fixes, personally. Um, but I am curious, and I guess yeah, this is four to six weeks away, so I'm probably going to be done that game by then. Moving on, Ubisoft had a big. I don't know if it was like a um, an investor call or what it was today, but they kind of came out with a little bit of news about what's going on, including delaying Skull and Bones Again. for the sixth time. Jesus. Yep. Six. Count it. Six I'm, I'm times. I'm not convinced this game is real anymore. It's been so many times. Nope. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I still remember like one delay ago when they said no. It, it, this has to come out. Wasn't that like the insider rumor is they've got to a point where this thing needs to be released. Um, and I think since that point, they have delayed it twice. <clears throat> Insane. Uh, it, in a, along with that, I believe they canceled three games, three more games, which I think brings them up to like six canceled games in the last seven months. What is going uh, on over there? Ubisoft facing, quote, surprisingly slower sales has canceled three unannounced games on top of the four canceled in July, planning $200 million in cost reductions, including natural attrition and divesting of non-core assets. And then, yes, yeah, Skull and Bones is now going to be released early 2023 all into 2024. So who knows when that's coming? Uh and then another bit of news that came out was that I guess Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope uh, underperformed for them. Um, well, did they say what the actual sales numbers were? Because, like, it was critically acclaimed from what I remember. Right. Yeah, they did not, but critically acclaimed doesn't mean good sales. Just look at Titanfall 2. True. Um, <sighs> yeah. But also Ubisoft seems to tend to have a very high barrier, just kind of like Square has. Where they used to say Tomb Raider was like underperforming, but it sold like three million copies. 
I guess Just Dance 2023 also did not meet sales expectations, which was the company's only other major release last fall. Well, yeah. hey, they I mean, hey, they got seven Assassin's Creed properties on the way, so I'm sure that's going to come help the bottom line a little bit. I mean, if they survive that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting time for Ubisoft. Count for down sure. to more rumors of sale again. Yeah. Uh, Xbox has den- announced a developer direct live stream that's going to be happening on January 25th. On here, they're going to be talking about uh, Forza Motorsport, the the kind of reboot of the, the main Forza franchise. Um, Minecraft Legends, The Elder Scrolls Online, and Redfall. And as well, we should be getting release dates for Forza, Minecraft, and Redfall. I heard Minecraft you say, Legends. I know you meant separate games, but I heard Forza Minecraft and got really excited. <laughs> hey, I bet that's coming why not you know that's probably more of a horizon thing but that, that's that would just, just be the that's lego the sequel one, to banjo kazooie nuts and bolts it's just minecraft cart there you go i mean they they've already done a like a dungeon crawler they're doing um oh, rts i just wait for it right i'm sure it's coming sooner or later um along the lines of live streams Jeff Keighley has come out and said that the Summer Games Fest will be doing its live show on Thursday, June 8th. Uh, so there, stay tuned for more of that. And then this last one, more of a PSA, is that uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge came to iOS and Android this week uh, oh. through Netflix. Oh, weird. Okay. So yeah, just really another Netflix. Net- hey, we, you can't make fun of it anymore. They have too many good games on their service. It's I, I'm more confused than making fun of it. Um, these also seem to just keep coming out of nowhere. Yeah, um, I didn't know about last, this until last week. Now. Pocket card jockey, right? Yep. Yep. That was another Netflix. No, that's Apple Arcade. That's Apple Arcade. That's Apple Arcade. That's Apple Arcade. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah, Netflix ha- uh, has so many good mobile uh, indie games on their mobile portfolio right now. But anyways, Team and T. Uh, and I hear it runs pretty fine. So that's very hmm. cool. Neat. All right, let's do some questions. <clears throat> Top time respective at gmail.com is the email address at TDP podcast on Twitter, the discord channel or John's PO box. Are all great ways to send your questions in. Kevin wrote, what are some games that drive you crazy? Oh, um mario party yeah i, mean, I, I just don't like mario you. party it doesn't yeah, neither, really drive me crazy, but it, when i have to play it which is more than fair i'd like to fair enough any racing game that uses rubber banding which is like basically all of them drives me crazy yeah sure anything that's like just super dependent on like luck versus like like actual skill yeah uh, mario yeah. party 100 percent orange juice yeah <laughs> yeah i'm trying to th- yeah i'm trying to think of anything that's like super like cheap or like one hit ko filled 
Yeah, like one hit kills in most things is the big one for me. Right, but I I, mean, I can't think of a game that's that's like notorious to be full of it. Besides like Super Meat Boy, where it doesn't matter and that's part of the game, that's, like that's yeah, fine. That doesn't that doesn't yeah. count for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Dead rights. <clears throat> As this month marks one year since the Activision Microsoft acquisition deal first started, it's still wow. I still see debates about brand loyalty and gaming discussions and why it matters. Does it matter to you? Will you swap internet or phone providers if you see a better deal or change streaming subscriptions based on what you want to watch at that moment? Or will you keep what you know? And justify a subpar service over taking advantage of new subscriber deals from competing services. Feel free to expand to other mediums with balanced competition, such as food delivery services or ride sharing. Uh, I will swap on, like, easy. I consistently cancel Game Pass if there's nothing I want to play on it and re-put it on when there is. I switched phone providers last year just out of nowhere. I broke a contract even. There were six months left on it to do it because they were fucking me. So... Yeah, I do not care about brown loyalty whatsoever. Is there anything that you like stick with? Nope. Nope. I'll even buy like something that is the cheap brand if it's just like something I need and it'll do. Like I don't care about any of that sure. shit. I don't oh know. yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a palm. This basically if if a company fucks me over, I'm out. But if they don't, I'm just like, all right, well, I'll stick around. But like it's not yeah. often there's like a better deal I feel like I need to jump towards. That, there's that for sure it's usually they're all pretty similarly priced so it's usually more of a hassle because sometimes you have to sign a like contract in something or whatever so and then i just kind of lock in yeah i don't i totally do not understand the brand loyalty when it comes to gaming like like the whole like console war thing makes no se sense I, to me I, I get it in the sense of, hey, this is the system I ended up with and I can't afford getting any of the others. So this is the, clearly the best one to kind of justify it. I get that. But like there eventually becomes a point where like, A, they're either just all the same anyways, or B, you get a job and can't afford them. And as a result, there's no point. Yeah, well, I mean, I agree with most of that. I think the one part I would disagree on is justifying that this is the better one because it's the one i have i you would be surprised no I, I i totally understand that that's what people do i personally don't agree with that um i think at some point you just have to be like yes i have a playstation and halo looks like a fun game yeah and that's okay like it's okay to say that no one's gonna like shun you or something like um but then again, growing up, I've always been someone who's like tries to have all the consoles and stuff because, you know, I wanted to play everything and, and right. yada yada. So mm -hmm. I, I totally but like the idea of like, oh, I would never I would never play a Sony thing because like they, they've got nothing over there or, or whenever one is like Xbox has no games. It's like you're that's a ridiculous thing to say. Like <laughs> that makes absolutely no sense. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of like Internet, I remember I would jump but this is the last few years I would jump back and forth between two internet providers because as soon as like my like one year contract deal they gave me was up, I would just be yep. like, all right, bye, I'm going to go do theirs. And then totally. when theirs was up, I just came back. And then eventually one someone showed up 
that just had such a fantastic deal. I was like, oh, you're I'm good. I'm going to stick with you forever. And they've been fantastic for me. Um, sure. Yeah, I do keep Game Pass, but I also play Game Pass games every month. So I am well, your Xbox is it. your main console. That makes sense. That's that's the primary one I want to play. Yeah. yeah, I'm not subscribed to PlayStation Plus, but, right. you know, when Stray came out, that was the cheapest way for me to get to play Stray. So I subscribed for a month. Like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm I am all for like do whatever. What's the cheapest way to play this game? Let's do it that way. Or what's the most convenient way for me to play the game? Let's do it that way. Yeah. You got a very consumer friendly strategy. I feel more than anything else there. Uh, Rastman writes in and says, at what point, if any, do you think speed running can be actively harmful? Uh, it just depends on your personality, basically, because you can either get to a point where you just hate the game you love because you're grinding it out and just it becomes annoying to think about. Or you get so obsessed with like trying to like break a record, hit your new PB and you don't, you get toxic because you can't hit it or you start like hating on other people because they're doing the same and like they're doing better. But like those are kind of edge cases where they don't happen that often. So I would say more often than not, it kind of isn't. But that's like just the same just with like, yeah, same I mean, with like anything. Like, yeah, that's what I was going to say is this is just kind of like obsessive behavior that you could tie to absolutely anything. If you're if it is starting to give you a bad time. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> like what if, how it can't be that worth it, right? yeah some people justify it that's the thing there are there are people that literally their career and job is because they're a speedrunner and they can't necessarily not not do it (laughs) so there is edge cases where yeah people have a harder time with that shit i've seen some speedrunners implode because they started hating the series that they're known for and they basically aren't around anymore (laughs) yep I guess in those scenarios, they can justify it a bit more because it is also while doing this, they are making money on it. And it is not just a hobby that they can, you know, turn off if if need be. Yeah. But like then it goes to what John was saying, too, of like not only do they hate their hobby, they hate the thing that they loved the game. They also now lost their job, essentially. Like when you're at that point, maybe speedrunning became harmful. (laughs) Sure. And but I definitely know people yeah. in like, you know, that like worked at GameSpot, for example, that when they left GameSpot, they were like, I got tired of gaming becoming also my job and I wasn't enjoying yeah. gaming anymore. So I know people like that as well. Yeah, for sure. Feel them on that 100%. Hebrew Lantern writes, gamer publishing books. They were a real <laughs> company that I totally didn't just make up wants to publish the autobiographies of the hosts of TDP. Before they can offer you the deal, you need to come up with a title for the book. What is the title of your autobiography? So these are individuals, not like a podcast. Oh, okay. Oh, I was on the wrong track for a second. That's what I thought it was okay. in the autobiography of the hosts of TDP. Gotcha. Peepin' Paul. <laughs> What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is like an R-rated children's <laughs> young adult novel. R-rated children's novel? <laughs> Whatever the equivalent of like 
you know, like adult cartoons are. <laughs> That's but it, but it's that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like Peep and Paul airs on Adult Swim. Right. Exactly. Yeah. At like eleven o'clock at night. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right next to Aqua Team Hunger Force. Yo, did you hear that the Rick and Morty dude got arrested? Yeah, Justin Roiland for domestic got abuse. Got charged. Yeah, yeah, domestic abuse. Wow. What about you, John? Do you think you'd like lean into one of the memes for the it, title? It, or it would be something like that. It would be something about like poking moving faster more than likely. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to but, think like what would like almost an ins- like trying to outrun Pokey, the John Wheeler story. No, it'd be more like uh, something like, uh, but the cactus refused to move or something stupid like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> make it make it slightly dramatic sounding. I I have no idea. I'm trying to think if there's like an alliteration I can do. Like Paul did. I don't have anything great. Nope. Yours could just be your name. Just Sean. <laughs> Sean Booker. Maybe there's something with like Booker and Book being pretty oh, yeah. close. Maybe there's the something kind book. of fun. Yeah, something fun in there. The Book of Booker or something. Book of Booker know. is what I thought too, yeah. Book of Booker, yeah. Pretty good. Suku Suku writes, warm beer or ice beer? Don't drink. But I can imagine probably wouldn't want warm alcohol. No, warm alcohol is a thing, right? Some alcohol you drink warm. Some people, isn't, some people. Is sake warm? Uh, you can. There's different you, forms of yeah, sake. Yeah, you, you can ice so, yes. that though. There's yes and no, d- depending. I feel on like the type Paul's the most has the has the most insight into this. So the thing is, is that I never want warm beer, but I also never want ice in beer because it waters it down. The, so I don't know which one is actually worse. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah, because I because I also don't I don't drink beer. <clears throat> the ice in the beer is that at least nice for like five ten minutes no because if it's good beer then it came fr- from a fridge or is in like a frosted mug or something well let's, so let's then, assume there is no fridge nearby it is not an option like it was just sitting there yeah yeah then i'm just not drinking it so that's well, kind of so i guess ice like, and beer is the answer because i'm not going to drink it warm period okay but if, if so if you took a like a, a glass of beer and let's yeah. say let's say it just came out of the fridge, but yeah, you know you want it colder or something. In, in some scenario, you want it colder, and you pour okay. some ice in. You take a first sip. Is that first sip at least fine? I think so. Okay, so then I, the ice in the beer is I've at least fine for more than the warm beer is fine. Yeah, there is a point where the ice in the beer will also be disgusting, but I think initially it's probably better than warm beer. Warm beer is disgusting. Okay. I don't like warm drinks, period. So there's no way I'm picking that one. Yeah, fair. Uh, BGC Kenny writes, so Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, the Pokemon games, weren't made mm-hmm. by Game Freak. The quality of those games are debated, but the complaints center around how strictly it adheres to the original. Which leads me to this question. Do you think other studios should be giving the reins of Pokemon to do what it wants for a bit. I'm not saying take away from Game Freak completely. Excuse me. I'm saying that ILCA 
as an example, do Gen 10 and Game Freak comes back with Gen 11 and it alternates like that? Or do you think Pokemon games need that specific Game Freak touch? So do they ILCA? go Call of Duty is basically the question. Yeah, like I'll say I'm pretty sure it's the, the company that did Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Does that oh, stand okay. for the International Lactation Consultant Association? No. <laughs> Close, though. That's what that's what came <laughs> up. No, I, you know, I clicked into it. This is not Pokemon. You don't say. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't um, seem what ILCA stands for, but they did a bunch of... They mainly did ports, it looks like. They did Nier, they did the Game of the Yora edition for Nier. I guess they're doing it's that One Piece game. It's short for I Love Computer Art. Apparently. Oh, yeah, there it is. I see it in their logo. Weird. Okay. Metal Gear Rising, um, Revengeance, Crimson Shroud, Guard 3, Chaos Rings 3, Yakuza 0, Godzilla, Naruto Shippuden, Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, Near Automata, Code Vein, Near Replicant, Near Reincarnation, Voice of Cards, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, Voice of Cards, Forsaken Maiden, and Near Game of the Year. It's hard to tell what exactly the Game Freak touch is because they've made one game over and over again. So I can't really point to be like, oh, yeah, all of Game Freak's games have well, this. Game Freak have made a bunch of different games. It's just, you know, they, they spun off into suck. the Pokemon, Pokemon Company. Yeah. They oh, made yeah, they get to Tenbo, which was not reviewed well. They made um, Pulse Man. They made right. Tembo the Badass Elephant. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Card jockey. Rocket card jockey. Um, okay, so I was mistaken. They have made other games. So then what is the Game Freak touch? When you say, what is a Game Freak game? What is what is distinctly Game Freak? Like if I brand said... loyalty. Brand, <laughs> well, if I said like... <laughs> if I said Game Freak's going to make the next Madden, what, were you, what are you expecting in there? Pokemon. Yeah, probably Pokemon, like, right? Like uh, there's Pokemon playing, <laughs> playing football. Probably football players that are like weak to certain elements that other football players can have or something. Look, man, you're starting to sell me on Madden here. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like fire touchdown, fire Hail Mary attack. That's just, look, that's just NBA or sorry, that's just NFL Blitz. Look, I'm a big fan of anything being given to other studios to see their interpretation on it because other things existing doesn't take away from the original. So Pokemon's no different. You should give that to anybody they wants to do it. Yeah, I don't know if they get fr like free reign over it, but like when we we saw it with the like, Cadence of Hyrule, that was awesome. Or when Capcom got to make some Zelda games, those are very well regarded. Sure. Um, I any do like the idea. Any studio should do it. Why not? I do like the idea of giving them more time between ga games. Let me ask you guys this: go kind of a twist on the question. Would you rather new studio gets to work on the game or Game Freak has to use like Unreal Engine 5? Well, it oh, would well, it's be not going to run on the Switch. Switch so, yeah, so I'm I guess okay like that. a new studio because the Switch is garbage and it can't run what they're doing now anyway. So. Because you'd, you'd get a better running PC. Pokemon, you'd get probably you'd probably get a very similar Pokemon, but it would run really well and it would look a lot different. But would it be on PC? Because then it won't run really well. well if let, it's let's on. say in this scenario. Yeah, it'll be on a platform that can run it, whatever. That OK, is. then definitely I would want that. Yeah. I think that that would be pretty cool. Would you did, I get I was going to say, would you just get Temtem? I, at this point, yeah. Well, right? at this point, no, because they're doing open world stuff now. And Temtem was an open world, but maybe a few yeah. years ago you would have gotten Temtem. Yeah, I don't know. 
Oh, I see. The new Pokemon style is what yeah. you're saying. Because Temtem is the old style in in a different like engine, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, they should take longer to make these Pokemon games and just make yeah. them better. I just I would, wonder, I, I, go ahead. I was gonna say, I just wonder if it's going to feel like it's gone the Activision route where they just have multiple companies working on it and it's just like each one feels vastly different. I'm okay with that because I've been saying for years, give me a new Pokemon experience. Don't give me yeah. the exact same one with new Pokemon. Give but me that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good is the problem. We are, you are okay taking a risk. All right. I'm okay with that. I would be, I would be happy if Pokemon would take a risk. Just even like, one. Well, I feel like that's what Arceus was. <laughs> and that was a, that was good. <laughs> I was so happy with that. <laughs> All right. Phantom Ages writes in and says, Ahoy, TDP crew. What's a food that you appreciate more as an adult than when you were a kid? Eggs. I hated eggs as a kid. Mm. Okay. Okay. Probably also uh pasta sauce i didn't like pasta sauce growing up for some weird reason okay sure i'm not a big pasta sauce fan because i just don't like tomatoes that's fair Mm. uh i'm gonna say red meat i didn't eat a lot of red meat as a kid um and then and like it was like actively avoided kind of in my household and then i started eating more of it growing up uh brussels sprouts and asparagus specifically i like asparagus Asparagus is great stand. now. Couldn't stand, stand Brussels sprouts. Apparently, Brussels sprouts like they've changed just the the version that they were selling on the regular, and that's why they actually taste better. They kind of like genetically oh, modified weird. them. Oh, okay. So that's why <laughs> it seems like more people like Brussels sprouts suddenly. It's because they're literally just and now like you the can only versions. get the like original Brussels sprouts flavor in the Brussels sprouts runs. Did, did anyone get that? Paul got that. Runs, yeah. Oh, so that, the thing is with bananas, yeah, they change the way bananas taste. But banana runs are what original bananas tasted like. Ah, right. The more you know. I did not know that one. Lineback writes, "What would you say is the video game equivalent of a Hallmark Channel movie?" Let's think. Hallmark Channel movie comes out every year. There's a lot of them. They're kind of like low quality, but like eh, it's like yeah. comfort food, right? That's probably uh-huh. what it, we're looking at. What is but like like a repeat. And it's the thing. same shit every time, basically. It's exactly. Like you know exactly what to expect, but that's what you want. I mean, it's Pokemon, right? Until I was gonna say it's Madden. <laughs> Madden's a good one. I saw sure. in the chat in the sorry the Discord. Someone said the Jackbox Party Packs. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is, a, is a real good one. Yep. Yeah, sports games are are a really good one. Yep. I'm trying to think, like, what it has to, what comes out every single year? Call of Duty, I guess. Yeah, but they've that's had not a few really, breaks, but that counts. I think that's not necessarily like feel good in the way of like a Hallmark Channel movie, since the other one is War. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, Hallmark movies they they deal with some heavy shit. <laughs> P cross. That's great. That's a oh, great there you answer. go. It's the P cross games, right? Just no. puzzle games. Tetris. Tetris is yeah. the hallmark movie of video games. I don't think there's enough Tetris. Like how many P cross games do you think come out each year? Official or unofficial? Official, like three. Uh, just yeah. nonogram in general, probably like twenty. 
And then yeah. how many Tetris games come out each year? Definitely not 20. Yeah, it's negative probably one, less, right? maybe. Negative like one, one every two years yeah, like or the something. Average is half they take one something. away every year. <laughs> you didn't buy <laughs> this when you had the left. chance. <laughs> for, for every 10 Pcross games, we're going to take one of these offline. <laughs> it's us or them. You decide. You're doing this to yourself. All right, Boardco2 writes, a week ago I was reading Phoenix Wright on PC. Reading Phoenix Wright on PC. I was using okay. a special handheld mouse, and I didn't have great posture, so I ended up having my wrist bent downward for several hours. The next day I woke up in pain in my wrist and have been healing it ever since. In other words, I fucked up my arm by reading. <laughs> What's the most comedic injury you've gotten? <laughs> Wait, the wrist was down? What was this mouse? Why would you choose to do that? <laughs> they might have had one of those like cushion mouse pads and then just like the cushion it was puts too your high hand or like something. this? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is why I don't read books anymore. It does say handheld mouse, so maybe they were literally like holding it like like this. What yeah. mouse isn't handheld? No, like literally holding it off the table. Oh, they're just like, like maybe you're like on the armrest and just like clicking next. Yeah. Next, oh, yeah. yeah okay. Maybe. Yeah. Phoenix Wright would, yeah, yeah. doesn't require that much movement. So. Right. Right. Comedic injury. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my girlfriend under the bus here. Okay. Two I think two weekends ago we were lying in bed and she rolled over to like come cuddle and she messed up her elbow badly. <laughs> Yeah, that's she was so when her friends were like, well, what happened to you? What, what happened to your elbow? She's like, I, I was trying to cuddle my boyfriend. <laughs> <clears throat> that's pretty good. When I was a child, I was uh, getting up to walk and go somewhere and there was a pillow on the ground. I stepped on the pillow and it kind of like slid me forward and I crunched down on my leg and broke it from that. Mm. Oh, God. So that was it's comedic now, but it was fucking terrible. <laughs> when I was young, this would have been like grade two or something. I was on the playground with some kids and you guys know flying foxes. Um, on a playground. That's like the thing where you like hang on and you like it, it's kind of it's not a zip. It's kind of a zip line. It goes across. Oh, just, like, I've never heard of it referred to that. But yes, I do. So what have you heard like heard monkey bars? But like it's you got to like run forward to get momentum i don't yeah and then, and then it, it slides across like a rail okay yeah it's yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I never had one of those growing up but i've seen one more recently okay i knew i refer we referred to them as flying foxes what did you call them paul i don't remember what we called them i just remember kids would take bets and see if they could get their hand like down quick enough while another <laughs> kid on the other side would whip it as hard as they could down the rail okay that's 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 close to what i'm about to say <laughs> First, it's not that stupid, but it's okay. not it's not far enough away from it that I can be proud of it. So, <laughs> so we okay. we would sometimes do this thing where it's like you know you're swing you're you're sliding across and you're going down the rail and you don't want the person that you're about to come in contact with yeah. to get it. So you would whip it hard so that it would bounce yep. really fast and go back to like your buddy behind yep. you. Mm -hmm. And I did that, being the cool smart ass that I was, right. and and then I and I was like falling forward. And then the platform where the, that, that I would have like landed on if I had just like done it normally, like a yeah. like, like a smart person, I, I hit my arm on it. And that was oh. my first broken arm. Oh, my God. 
Okay, yeah, that's pretty bad. Ow. Yeah, I don't have any comedic ones, really. Like, the mo- the most coincidental, I guess, one I would have would be, as a kid, I fell down a flight of stairs in our house, and uh, it was down into the basement, so I was going to land on concrete. But there was a bag of garbage I had forgotten to actually take out to the garbage like spot outside at the time. So my head landed on the garbage and that's the only reason I didn't have like an actual like head injury. Oh man. That's like the Assassin's Creed bale of hay story. Yeah, there you go. Basically. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I and and I must have I must have talked about this on the podcast because we were podcasting at this point. In college, we went tobogganing outside of our dorms um at night in not like the you want you want to pick a hill that has less obstacles <laughs> when you go <laughs> tobogganing and we uh-huh. went down there and it wasn't even a big hill um but i just I hit, I hit a rock that was covered in snow i didn't even know it was there and i cracked my wrist um on my <sighs> dominant hand oh yeah um and as a result i had like a sculpture class where we had to like make stuff in clay and i just said to the teacher like I can't like I can't yeah. use this hand what, what like there's no way I'm going to be able to sculpt anything and he was just like okay so I didn't have to do the final assignment I just kept the grade I did have and so I was just done the class with a fine grade and I got out of doing the final project so that worked out nice for me my mom That's was pretty pissed cool. though because <laughs> she, she was like you know because I was I was I had a fine arts degree so I was doing a lot of like drawing classes and stuff and she was like that's your drawing hand you idiot what are you doing <laughs> yeah Oh, but it worked out. I got way more injured the rest of years later. <laughs> yeah. Playing Quidditch. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, John, I believe you were next. Oh, yes. Sorry. I, for some reason, thought I was at the end of the list there. Uh, Guten Clan writes in and says, do you think modern games need to take into account online streaming? Specifically, leaving an area of the screen with no HUD information, so while streaming, a streamer has a place for their camera. Certain mm-hmm. games have all corners filled with HUD info, leaving no good place for a cam. I mean, yeah. it's appreciated, but I don't think any game really needs to, per se. Like, it's more important to convey right. information for the actual player. Totally. Yeah, like, that information is going to have to go somewhere, right? And you don't want it, like, in the middle of the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess if, if the player can see it, that's fine. But no one needs to see specifically, like, I don't know, your map. If it's a game that sure. that the dev is clearly built just to get, like, YouTube likes, like Goat Simulator and stuff like that, sure. But, like, I think sure, the average yeah. game doesn't need to. <laughs> like, we're still at a point yeah. where we're lucky that a game has a streamer mode, which is right, just, like, like turning off audio and stuff. Music. Yeah. yeah, and then a bunch of games that have streamer modes, eventually they don't work. Like, I got tagged for a Forza <laughs> Horizon 5 streamer, streamer mode song recently. Oh, okay. Lame. Yeah. So that is an interesting idea, though. I bet I bet some devs have thought about it. It just seems like it seems likely and it seems like it's, it'll be more likely as things go on. I heard you played against me in Forza or something. What the you, hell is this? Oh, about? so you, like Forza <laughs> has their drive avatars. And so yeah, it, okay. it just pulled drive avatars from like my friends list. So you were I was racing against you. I think Sean was even in the same race. I got messaged and they were like, uh, John almost beat you or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, your your dry your driver kicked my ass on like a Hot Wheels stage or something like that. 
Oh, okay. I've no, I don't even have that content, so that's yeah. weird. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to tell really every year yeah. how much the Drivatars are actually there because it'll just pull like my entire friends list. And it's like, I know for a fact you haven't played one of these games either ever or for years. So right. are you just like putting the person's name there so I can be like, well, I'm driving with my friend Peter. <laughs> or like, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Or like what that's is actually yeah. happening? Because they, you know, they they advertise it as like, oh, and their driving style will be in there. And it's like, I don't know. They're driving like every other car. And also, there's no <laughs> way for me to even like check your work. So you could say anything. Sure. Yeah. All right. Last question from Valcor MB. Have you ever been to a live performance for video game music? Do you enjoy when games use full orchestras for their soundtrack? Yeah, to both. Yeah. Did you go see video games live every time it's been here? Wow. Okay. Uh, Is that just done now, by the way? Sorry sorry to tangent, but like they last time I saw they had dates in like Brazil and stuff, but that was 2020. So I don't know. I'll I'll find out right now. Yeah. Like did did all the Tellerico (laughs) bullshit get it shut down? Did he just let go of it so he could work on the Amico or like? Yeah, that's kind of what bu- I'm he's thinking. He's busy with the Intellivision. Yeah. Th- yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, so he had, they had one show in 2021 um, in Texas, one show in 2022 in Washington, and they have, oh, they had one show uh, January 3rd, so about a oh, week whoa. and some ago in Salt Lake City. Was does it okay. say if Tommy was there or is it just like the company's just kind of going on its own now? Uh, doesn't no, it doesn't say these are just the dates, so I'm guessing he probably wasn't hard to tell. Yeah, I've been to video games live once, that was back when I was in Calgary, that was forever ago. I think yeah. that's it. You know, not one of their like three shows. The Game Awards had uh, an orchestra there for music, but that doesn't, I don't think that, that counts. Yeah, I like those. They're fun. I like listening to video game music uh, with a full orchestra. And then, you know, do you enjoy when games use full orchestras? Yeah, I enjoy it. I don't think you need it every time. It depends on the game, but. Yeah, like, why not? No, it doesn't fit every game, but some when it does, like it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you just want trombone. Yeah, like that's why I like the Mario Kart 8 soundtrack, like it's not an orchestra. It's more like a full blend, full band, but like it's enjoyable. It's not just beeps and bloops. Yeah. That'll do it for questions. If people would like to send in questions for next week, it is top down perspective at gmail.com at TV podcast on Twitter, the discord channel or John's P.O. Box. What's your game of the week? F0AX. Uh, Chained Echoes. And I'm going to give it to God of War one last time. Nice. All right, that'll do it. Thanks, everyone, for watching, and we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.